Hi everyone and welcome to Efficiency Optimized, Unlocking the Full Potential of Multiple Impacts. I'm Frederick Berger from Fraunhofer Institute for System and Innovation Research. I'll be the host for today's episode. So here we want to try to create a narrative about the multiple benefits of energy efficiency and connect the dots between this theoretical concept that has been developed over decades and try to match it with real life applications of multiple benefits through tri-weekly discussions and debates with European energy efficiency experts. Hi, everyone. Uh, today, we'll be discussing um, the role of multiple benefits in general and what they can bring to the policy sphere and how this affects policy on the EU, national, but also the local level, and also how um, the scientific paths of this whole concept has moved forward to uh, go into the sphere of politics uh, alongside major European projects. In order to do this, I have today with me uh, two guests. First of all, Johannes Thema from Wuppertal Institute, who's been working on the Combi project, um, a project that has uh, brought multiple impacts into um, the policy sphere. Hello, thank you. And um, the second guest is Wolfgang Eichhammer from Fraunhofer Institute for System and Innovation Research in Karlsruhe, who's been working on the Odyssey Muir project and has used the platform to describe uh, what multiple benefits have been doing in the past and the benefits they have created uh, along energy efficiency measures that have already been implemented. So, hi. Hi, Frederick. Thank you very much for inviting me. So to start off, to define the concept of multiple benefits. So the idea is that when you do energy efficiency measures, you always have some kind of savings and this will uh, bring forward any cost savings. The concept of energy efficiency and the multiple benefits that come alongside is to look at all the benefits that go beyond just saving uh, money or energy. It's looking at health impacts, looking at uh, air pollutants, looking at the impact on the economy, for instance, uh, for jobs or looking at import dependencies. And all these spheres that go that are a little further away from energy efficiency, but are still direct consequences of implementing such measures. And that's why today I've got two experts joining me on this topic. All right, uh, then Johannes, to start off, um, what have you brought to multiple benefits in the past? Why are you here today? Well, it's basically a long story. Um, I, I got to know the concept in, in the, I think it was around, 2013 2012 when Nina Campbell back then was um authoring this uh, this book by by the IEA International Energy Agency on capturing the multiple benefits of energy efficiency though there was a long process leading up to this book and we were involved in this and back then I got to know all these people involved in the multiple benefits sphere and we met in round table rooms in 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 Paris and this really inspired me to think about energy efficiency really beyond only energy savings. So there is so much more to energy efficiency. And I got to know so many interesting people in those background rounds. And following up this publication that, that was issued in, I think it was 2014, um, following up on this, I thought we need a project on this. We need to really carry this on. We need to try quantifying all this as was outlined in, in this um in this publication and so we gathered we gathered people and set up a project and that was 
I think the first European project on a European scale, a horizon finance project uh, called Combi. Yeah, so really this uh, publication by the IEA back then was quite a landmark publication. Uh, when we see all the European projects that have been funded in the meantime, they've all been starting afterwards. And although there's been this discussion before, especially in the US, uh, of non-energy benefits, they really all took off with this IEA publication. So you're redescribing a landmark there. So Wolfgang, um, how was your way to multiple benefits? I would say um, it's quite a long time, in fact, um, that this is around. And um, I would even go further back um, uh, than Johannes just indicated with the IEA report. In fact, um, all over time, over the past, I would say two or even more decades, um, there was the question how to justify energy efficiency and energy savings. And I mean, today uh, we are facing a context where energy is expensive and uh, we start to pay a lot of attention to saving energy and to get benefits by itself just from the savings. Uh, but uh, 20 years ago, um, <clears throat> for example, there was a period of time I used uh, the sentence by the time um, oil was cheaper than sand. And um, at that time, making the economic argument for energy savings. There were economic arguments, but it was tight. And in many cases, especially when it comes to industries, the argument was even tighter because the requirements on payback periods and so on were really tough. Uh, and so it was not enough to argue just in quotation marks with saved energy. Today, it is slightly different, I would say, but by the time not and many other arguments uh, were needed already by the time, for example, increased productivity um, next to energy savings in companies or at the level of uh, a country like Germany, which had a lot of unemployed people by the time, making the argument that energy efficiency could contribute um, to enhance employment. Um, these were major arguments also to justify programs, to justify measures. The trouble was... Uh, in order to do these investigations, you needed quite a lot of detailed modeling, which was not readily available, was often not used uh, by the policymakers because a set of methodologies were not so easily applicable. And um, this is why after this uh, publication from IA, which Johannes uh, mentioned, uh, looking to our Odyssey Muir project, which is an indicator-based approach, we said, ah, we need something which is a little bit more easy to apply and can be readily used in many uh, different contexts. And that was the starting point of developing, uh, let's say, the indicator-based uh, approach to multiple impacts under Odyssey-Mur. So the reason why uh, you two are invited today is because Johannes has been the leader of the Combi project and Wolfgang has been the technical lead on the, the Odyssey Muir project where the MBEE tool was developed. So can you tell me in a couple of words what the both uh, tools do? Yeah, okay. So what the Combi tool does is basically it's a, it's a synthesis of all the research that we did in, in three years of work for this uh, European Horizon project. Um, that is a quantification of a broad set of energy efficiency measures across all different sectors. Um, and we generated a, a reference scenario and an efficiency scenario from, from those uh, energy efficiency measures. And we calculated with 
by ways of various models that we employed for this, the multiple benefits for these energy efficiency measures. And the effects of those multiple impacts that came out of this modeling work, they can then be accessed with the with the combi tool. So this is the tool. It's more a um a results explorer for the for the multiple benefits from from this forecasting modeling process. And you can try to to aggregate, to compare the different sizes of multiple impacts that came out of this modeling. And you, you also have um, various settings that you can do as a, um, as a user of this tool. So you can adjust certain settings to, to the quantifications. The ODCMU project, um, which was the basis uh, for the uh, MBE uh, approach, um, is an indicator-based approach, a statistical approach where um, energy savings are derived from uh, statistical indicators looking at a certain, certain time period in, in the past, for example, from 2000 to 2020. And uh, so you can derive from, from these uh, statistical indicators energy savings. And these energy savings lead to uh, a number of uh, benefits, uh, like, uh, for example, um, health impacts, uh, like um, uh, a reduction in uh, local emissions and so on. Um, and there is some functional relationship between the savings and these impacts. Uh, this can be a simple linear relationship, but it can also be um, much more complex uh, relationships. And um, the um, MBE uh, approach developed under Odyssey Muir was departing from these energy saving indicators and uh, calculated through these functionalities, uh, different um, impacts, multiple impacts uh, in a relatively simple approach. So MECAT is kind of described uh, rather often as the love child of the Combi project and the Odyssey Muir project. And in this sense, the consortium also includes uh, Wuppertal Institute, Fraunhofer, and a bunch of other partners which have helped work on this topic of MECAT. So the MECAT project uh, basically allows for this quantification of multiple impacts in the past and in the future. But beyond just looking at scenarios, uh, we also want to make it possible for users to input their data and their parameters to uh, calculate the multiple impacts that accrue for their specific energy efficiency projects. So in this sense, the tool will be available mainly to policymakers to assess the impacts that their proposed policies would have in terms of multiple impacts and make them more comparable among themselves. And this includes a lot of components that have uh, arisen from previous projects like the Combri project and the uh, Odyssey Muir project, and this combines the two of them. So um, just... What, what were your main motivations to, to get together and try to create this new project? What were the things you, you strive to achieve with this new project? Well, if you're asking me, um, just thinking back to, to the genesis of MECAT, because it, it's really a love child of, of the two other ones, so of Combi and MBEE project. Um, the Combi project was trying to do a, a forecasting view on multiple benefits. So, so we did do quite some modeling work on different benefits, um, looking into the future until 2030, which in 2015 was still future. Um, so it's present today. Um, 
But yeah, so it was the forward-looking approach, trying to quantify what could be the additional multiple benefits and, and their value um, in the future. And the MBEE project was, as Wolfgang explained, um, rather doing the backcasting uh, estimation. So what all, of all those energy savings that already happened in the past, what was the additional amount of, of value from multiple benefits for those past um, impacts? So for the... For the MICAT project, the idea was joining joining methodologies, joining approaches, um, getting the best out of the two projects and trying to create a new tool that, that would allow um, actually both kind of evaluations. Yeah, I would say there is not so much more to add. What Johannes explained, it was really a set of love child, bringing two different methodologies, um, exposed, uh, looking back, ex-ante, looking to future together. I would simply add... Um, um, the benefits or the, the sorry the advantages of uh, uh, the approach developed for Odysseur uh, under the MBE project uh, was simplicity, the indicator-based approach. So, not yeah. uh, having a fully fledged model, which in, is not so easily uh, possible in all different uh, occasions, uh, but to develop a, a simpler approach that can be relatively easily adapted to different contexts was an additional. Um, uh, benefit uh, that we brought uh, to this new MICAT project. So in a way, having a, a well-founded but relatively simply to be used uh, uh, approach. Well, as the one implementing it in day-to-day -day work, I got to say uh, a major difference there's also between the, the two predecessors and now this MICAT project is also um, this concept of trying to accommodate user input. So instead of having pre-described scenarios either from the past, which is the past, so it's quite well-defined, and the future where Combi really set a scenario together and assessed it, this MECAT project allows for policymakers to assess single policies. And beyond just the, the whole sphere of thinking how can we include user data, I found it really tough to reverse the perspective in some things. For instance, when we look at the MBE tool, which looked at competitiveness and innovation, uh, basically the idea was just to look at what were patents that were um, registered and what was the competitiveness in a certain sector and then compare it with energy savings and basically saying both go in the same direction. So we can guess there's a correlation. And now when we move forward to the calculation of multiple impacts, we have to look at the causality and make sure there is a causality beyond just a correlation. So that's also something that has developed in the sense that the methodology has to be far more clear and more decisive about how things are connected to be sure that those predictions are accurate and not just wild guesses. Yeah. So there's a lot of uh, different terms that I use, co-benefits, non-energy benefits, multiple benefits, or also multi multiple impacts, which this project is called after. Which term do you prefer? Yeah, but the project is called um, uh, multiple impacts. Um, <clears throat> I think um, uh, if you ask a question between um, yeah, using the word uh, multiple benefits of energy efficiency or multiple impacts, I would say... Um, 
certainly the debate started from the benefits because um, uh, the benefits were additional arguments uh, for promoting energy efficiency. But from a scientific perspective, uh, you have to be honest and you have uh, to see also um, each um, energy use um, as energy supply may also have some some negative uh, consequences. Maybe some energy efficiency technologies may need materials, may need uh, um, uh, raw materials which, which are not readily available and that have also impacts in other countries uh, of the world uh, and on the environment. And this is why, uh, in a way, multiple impacts is a more neutral and more scientific um, designation of what we are really doing. Sure. So I fully, fully agree to Wolfgang. Um, also in the Combi project, we, we started um, with multiple benefits. And actually in, in the title, Combi, it's MB. So it's also multiple benefits included. But very early in the project, we, we realized um, the issue that, that Wolfgang mentioned and Especially, we we encountered also the resource perspectives, material inputs needed for energy efficiency technologies, and we saw it especially in the automobile sector. So batteries for electric vehicles and so on. So there is there is many arguments why it's important to be open, um, scientifically open to also negative, potentially negative side impacts. Um, and to also respect this in, in quantification. So we very soon switched also to rather using the term of multiple impacts to be more, more correct, scientifically correct. Um, but yeah, the term of multiple benefits is still often used interchangeably. Right, yeah. But what I wanted to move on on is also um, how with this um, IEA landmark publication, this whole thing moved towards the... Uh, towards the political sphere because the IA is closer to uh, policymakers. And in this sense, all those projects funded by the EU were, of course, as well closer to policymakers. So what are the, the use cases for multiple impacts in policymaking, in your opinion? Well, certainly Wolfgang has, has a lot more to say than me. Um, just what I, what I think about when thinking back about those times when this IA publication came about, All this was not really mentioned in policymaking processes. Well, not much beyond maybe um, workplaces and GDP growth and so on. That was always of interest also to policymakers, but many of the other impacts were not really discussed. So what this publication did was really bringing it to the policy stage. And with the several projects coming up, working on quantifying the multiple benefits, um, we saw that there was certain interest in several policy levels. So at EU level, certainly in the European Commission, we saw this, but also at national levels. Um, and these issues of different multiple impacts, they have now been really taken up also in in legislation. For example, we, we find it in, in the EED, we find it in the EPBD that certain reporting requirements on certain impacts, for example, are, are now in there. And all these policy actors are interested in many of those impacts and they ask for quantification. So this is why such kind of models or tools are really needed there. Yeah, that's um, already quite the basics of um, how this um, um, MICAT tool can be applied. I mean, concretely, Johannes, you mentioned the 
the Energy Efficiency Directive, uh, the EED, and uh, at European Union level, and uh, very con concretely, um, European Commission has asked us directly, directly in the project, um, we have to do an impact assessment uh, as we have to update the Energy Efficiency Directive, uh, and we need to justify the different uh, dimensions um, which are important. And by the time, uh, for example, last year, energy poverty uh, was a lot in the focus. And uh, this was the reason why we particularly contributed to this um, part of the uh, impacts of energy efficiency. But um, for example, from today's perspective, uh, we had in the meantime, uh, Ukraine war starting we had a lot of discussions about uh, import dependencies, and we know now even better about the cost of import dependencies than we did one year ago. And uh, as we work uh, on, on the tool, uh, the tool, as Johannes says, can quantify um, these different uh, dimensions, uh, at least to, to quite some, some degree. And while previous impact assessments focused mainly, I would say, on a kind of uh, economic optimization, maybe still looking at uh, impacts on GDP and so on. These other dimensions, like, for example, these import dependencies and the cost behind were not really taken into account. And I think this modifies largely um, the picture, the perception of uh, the benefits, the additional benefits of energy efficiency programs. Yeah, indeed. You mentioned several of, of those impacts that have very much gained importance in, in the public debate. So it's it's all the import dependency issues. It's it's also health impacts that has been in, in all these um, scandals that we saw with vehicle automobile production and, and cheating of automobile manufacturers and so on and pollution impacts on health. Um, this has pushed very much interest in also health impacts um, we saw very much gained interest in in the energy poverty side, as you said, at European level, but also on, on national level with the energy crisis. So many of those impacts have gained very much importance and thinking it together with energy. So this has really changed, not seeing it as, as distinct policy fields as it was before, but really um, joining, uh, joining this as a nexus. Right, yeah. And what I found really interesting when we traveled across Europe uh, to do stakeholder meters, meetings within the MECAT project, we traveled to Brussels, to uh, Warsaw, to Berlin, and to Italy. And basically, the, the discussions we had there really showed how um, the points that are included in the multiple benefits discussion basically lead to discussions in different countries. So when we were in Italy, for instance, the main point was always uh, the money, because now with a government that isn't too keen on uh, climate policy, uh, money short, and so they'd always look at what is the best they can achieve with a certain given amount of money. When we were in Brussels talking to the commission, uh, there was an emphasis on how can we reduce our dependence on gas. So it was mainly this import dependency aspect that was leading the whole discussion on energy efficiency and if it also brings uh, cost reductions and so on, that's fine. But mainly we want to reduce our consumption of gas. When we're in Berlin, there's always uh, an underlying motivation of we want to reduce CO2 emissions. And in Poland, the main struggle they have is clean air. So that's the main driver for policy over there. So we really see that um, those multiple benefits can really change the whole narrative of energy efficiency and 
especially in the landscape with as Europe with a lot of countries with different uh, political uh, contexts, it can really help bring the topic of energy efficiency to the government that is uh, in power at this given moment. So instead of just looking at uh, at the bottom line, trying to bring the narrative that is most relevant to the country and its issues forward. So Johannes, you said before, um, now it may finally made it into legislation, which is quite um, quite a step forward, especially when we look back eight years, the, this was like far from being expected. So do you think there might be implications and complications that this brought, uh, could bring along in sense of accuracy of um, determination and so on? Yeah, certainly, because we have uh, so many different EU member states with different sizes, different capacities also of, for example, modeling and quantif quantifying. And um, certainly there will be countries who who do have ministries and institutions that don't have any problem with quantifying or estimating such impact, but other countries will have um, big problems. Um so for those, it will certainly be a big help if there are tools that um, that assist them in, in doing some kind of simplified quantification. So I think this is one of the main applications that the MiCAT tool also can have, um, assisting those who don't have the capacities to do more complicated modeling. Yeah, yes, uh, I, I would add to what Johannes said. Um, uh, it's true that um, a major benefit arises for um, member states who have limited um, uh, capacities uh, to carry out such uh, uh, analysis, but even from a German perspective, uh, which has a number of, of research uh, institutes uh, and, and staff also in ministries, we have been working, for example, for the um, uh, Environment uh, Agency, UBA, um, quite some years ago, uh, even before the approach um, uh, mentioned from IA, uh, where we developed part, some part of the indicators of the benefits of the impacts which we are considering uh, now. Uh, now we have a much more complete approach, but a few elements were already in the requests uh, of uh, analysis which we provided uh, to the environment agency. So you see, even in the case of a member state who has quite some capacities, Having this comprehensive uh, and uh, relatively simple to use approach is is also important. So, looking at this policy in the EED recast, which looks at multiple impacts, what do you think are other current policies in the Fit for Fifty Five uh, package, for instance, where multiple impact could play a major role? Well, I would simply say in. Uh, any impact assessment where energy efficiency plays a major role. I mean, we have the <clears throat> Energy Performance for Buildings Directive, the EPBD, uh, which is another uh, big um, legislative uh, piece of work uh, under the Fit for 55 uh, package. So for sure, um, for this uh, uh, package, uh, for, for, for this uh, uh, measure, <clears throat> the um, MECAT approach can also be applied. Um, in principle, the MECAT approach um, is even broader. I mean, we have a strong focus on energy efficiency. That was the origin where we developed the, the idea. But in principle, a similar type of approach can be applied uh, to the supply side, to in particular to renewables. Um, so... Um, 
uh, extending this to renewables part and then uh, applying it to, to the relevant policies like the Renewable um, Energy Directive, uh, the RED, uh, which is currently also <clears throat> part of, of this uh, package, uh, is in principle also possible, also not with the present uh, presently developed tool. There is more development necessary to apply it there, but the potential is there. So generally, this tool has been developed for national and EU level, in particular with uh, the national energy and climate plans in mind, which could rather well fit the inputs of this tool. However, this tool is also for the local level. So share with us your idea. What was the idea behind including the local level here and what kind of complications uh, could come with this? Well, we know that the transition uh, to a sustainable energy system has to occur on uh, different governance levels. So we talked um, a lot about um, uh, the uh, European level. Um, Johannes pointed uh, in particular also to the national level. And uh, the transition has also to move on uh, at the local level. And there's a lot which is occurring there. Local level meaning um, municipal level or a county level, uh, for example. And um, in those cases, um, also questions uh, arise. What are my benefits for my municipality, for my, my region, for my uh, county? Um, if I go along with this uh, transition, at first there is also a cost behind. And so the question is legitimate. What are additional benefits uh, from the measures I'm undertaking? Um, certainly, um, and that makes it more difficult than at the European and the national level, some of the, the indicators are not easily um, yeah, argued at the, at the local level. For example, the energy consumption at the, the level of a municipality is so small, so, does it, so it does not really show up uh, when you look at the overall national uh, changes in terms of import, import uh, dependency, for example. Um, the whole country needs in a way to shift, but the contribution of each region, of each municipality is important, as we see today. Um, if a municipality, for example, now switches off lighting during the night uh, and contributes uh, with uh, saving gas and reducing um, uh, the dependency on, on gas from Russia, um, this is an important contribution. Naturally, it needs to be repeated by many municipalities, but we see today, overall, it makes a big difference. And this is why most of these um, impacts are also relevant and are, uh, can be well argued uh, and well quantified uh, at the local level. So with more uh, difficulties, with more data search, uh, which is more easy at European and national level, where data are already readily available. Yeah, I fully agree with Wolfgang. Um, there is maybe, um, it's a similar problem that other small EU countries have. So we have some EU countries that are as small as regions within other bigger countries. Um, so it's it's a very similar problem. Um, the The difficulty with quantifying multiple impacts are not only that some of the impacts do not show up in, in total big sizes, but it's also often a data problem, as Wolfgang already said. So um, oftentimes the, the kind of data needed for, uh, for these kind of quantifications, the input data is not available at a local level. So either you need to, do, to take very strong assumptions um, or 
quantifications remain on a rather rough scale so a first estimation let's say so this is this is one of the methodological challenges that we have there at, at a local level um, so when we look at the local level, for instance, we also see that a couple of indicators are not really well suited, as Wolfgang said, the import dependency, but also the question arises, for instance, when it comes to GDP or um, added value, whether that really occur occurs in the same municipality. So um, we often have this kind of split incentive. How do you think this can be addressed in multiple impacts that, for instance, uh, someone who is about to renovate their home will not have uh, all the benefits that accrue within the multiple M benefits framework. So for instance, uh, energy dependency from other countries or maybe air pollutants or uh, many more things will accrue on a more societal level, but not on a, uh, on a single person. How do you think we could overcome this kind of split incentive of not having the benefits arise where uh, the measures have to be implemented? I would take two points on this. One is um, Wolfgang already mentioned before um, that in the beginning of the multiple benefits debate, some, yeah, about 10 years back, um, back then it was mainly a point of arguing for energy efficiency and multiple benefits were an argument for now bringing really energy efficiency to the to the front of the policy discourse only with all those multiple benefits or these multiple benefits were a major argument for really saying okay we now need energy efficiency this has changed substantially energy efficiency is really paying off today also without um, the multiple benefits um, so this means that all the multiple benefits are additional benefits on top of, of an anyway already positive measure. Um, so I would say multiple benefits are rather positive externalities that we have in, in many cases. Um, so they don't need to be brought into the split incentive. We just have positive externalities, perfect for society. But um, the consequence of this would be if we, if we really want to to use these positive externalities and, and to make it happen, it should be um, an issue that's taken up by policymakers on a societal level and to really foster energy efficiency to reap those um, positive externalities for, for whole societies. Yeah, I think there is not much uh, to add. I mean, this is a task for the policy level, but uh, nevertheless, uh, I would also... Um, add uh, in a way um, each of us um, um, lives together in a society and uh, I would bring forward um, the idea of uh, res publica uh, which is the basis of our uh, democracies. We have common goods, we have uh, common things which we are developing and not in all cases we benefit in an equal, equal manner. But there is an understanding that um, together as a society, uh, when we follow up certain goals and uh, climate change is an important uh, uh, change we are facing and is a common uh, uh, fight, I would say. Um, and it is for all of us important to justify and to, to develop uh, suitable policies. Uh, and we will benefit overall as a society, even if in individually, I'm less concerned by some of the troubles, but I will be more concerned by others, uh, which are less relevant for others. So in total, I would say 
race publica is something which uh, helps us um, to overcome these differences uh, from the private view, from the individual view, and bring it more to the societal view which Johannes has described. All right. Thanks a lot for these uh, for these inputs. And looking back at this uh, podcast episode, we see that multiple benefits have helped uh, foster this whole uh, topic of energy efficiency throughout this, well, let's say, rather short-lived career since this landmark publication by the IEA. So indeed, we've, we've seen major changes and how ubiquitous uh, energy efficiency is by now in the policy discourse. So I think that's really one of the, one of the core uh, results of multiple benefits showing how valuable this can all be. And in this sense, I think it, it will be really valuable to see how this tool can help uh, make them even more applicable for policymakers and with the legislation which is now to come, see how um, this can assist countries and policymakers in implementing these policies that have resulted from this whole move forward. So thanks for tuning in, everyone. And uh, we'll hope to have you around in three weeks when the next episode drops. Uh, we'll be discussing in the next weeks uh, how the different uh, multiple benefits and multiple impacts, what they basically look like and uh, what they do, and uh, the path to basically assessing them with experts on the topics. So to engage with us, you can just uh, follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter, which is Mikat's Uh, underscore EU. You can also send us a message there or comment and we'll get back to you. You can also follow the two of our guests on LinkedIn. So um, tune in again in three weeks to follow along. And until next time, where we discuss how multiple benefits for energy efficiency affect you. Mm -hmm.